Chapter 9 of The Christian's Secret of a Happy Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. The Christian's Secret of a Happy Life by Hannah Whittall Smith. Chapter 9 Difficulties Concerning Doubts. A great many Christians are slaves to an inveterate habit of doubting. I do not mean doubts as to the existence of God or the truths of the Bible, but doubts as to their own personal relations with the God in whom they profess to believe, doubts as to the forgiveness of their sins, doubts as to their hopes of heaven, and doubts about their own inward experience. No drunkard was more ever in bondage to his habit of drinking than they are to their habit of doubting. Every step of their spiritual progress is taken against the fearful odds of an army of doubts that are forever lying in wait to assail them at each favorable moment. Their lives are made wretched, their usefulness is effectually hindered, and their communion with God is continually broken by their doubts. And although the entrance of the soul upon the life of faith does, in many cases, take it altogether out of the region where these doubts live and flourish. Yet even here it sometimes happens that the old tyrant will rise up and reassert his sway, and will cause the feet to stumble and the heart to fail, even when he cannot succeed in utterly turning the believer back into the dreary wilderness again. We all of us remember, doubtless, our childish fascination, and yet horror, in the story of Christian's imprisonment in Doubting Castle by the wicked giant despair and our exultant sympathy in his escape through those massive gates and from that cruel tyrant little did we suspect then that we should never find ourselves taken prisoner by the same giant and imprisoned in the same castle but i fear that each one of us if we were perfectly honest would have to confess to at least one such experience and some of us perhaps to a great many it seems strange that people whose very name of believers implies that their one chiefest characteristic is that they believe should have to confess that they have doubts and yet it is such a universal habit that i feel if the name were to be given over again the only fitting and descriptive name that could be given to many of god's children would have to be that of doubters in fact most christians have settled down under their doubts as to a sort of inevitable malady from which they suffer acutely but to which they must try to be resigned as a part of the necessary discipline of this earthly life and they lament over their doubts as a man might lament over his rheumatism making themselves out as interesting cases of a special and peculiar trial which require the tenderest sympathy and the utmost consideration this is too often true even of believers who are earnestly longing to enter upon the life and walk of faith and who have made perhaps many steps towards it they have got rid it may be of the old doubts that once tormented them as to whether their sins are really forgiven and whether they shall after all get safe to heaven but they have not got rid of doubting they have simply shifted the habit to a higher platform they are saying perhaps yes i believe my sins are forgiven and i am a child of god through faith in jesus christ i dare not doubt this any more but then and this but then includes an interminable array of doubts concerning most of the declarations and promises our father has made to his children one after another they fight with these promises 
and refuse to believe them until they can have some more reliable proof of their being true than the simple word of their god and when they wonder why they are permitted to walk in such darkness and look upon themselves almost in the light of martyrs and groan under the peculiar spiritual conflicts they are compelled to endure spiritual conflicts far better would they be named did we call them spiritual rebellions our fight is to be a fight of faith and the moment we let in doubts our fight ceases and our rebellion begins i desire to put forth if possible a vigorous protest against this whole thing just as well might i join in with the laments of a drunkard and unite with him in prayer for grace to endure the discipline of his fatal appetite as to give way for one instant to the weak complaints of these enslaved souls and try to console them under their slavery to one and to the other i would dare to do nothing else but proclaim the perfect deliverance which the lord jesus christ has in store for them and beseech entreat and importune them with all the power at my command to avail themselves of it and be free not for one moment would i listen to their despairing excuses you ought to be free you can be free you must be free will you undertake to tell me that it is an inevitable necessity for god to be doubted by his children is it an inevitable necessity for your children to doubt you would you tolerate their doubts a single hour would you pity your son and condole with him and feel that he was an interesting case if he should come to you and say father i am such a doubter that i cannot believe i am your child or that you really love me and yet how often we hear a child of god excuse himself for his doubts by saying oh but i am such a doubter that i cannot believe in god's love and forgiveness and no one seems shocked at it you might just as well say with a like complacency oh but i am such a liar that i cannot help telling lies and expect people to consider it a sufficient excuse in the sight of god i verily believe doubting is in some cases as displeasing as lying it certainly is more dishonoring to him for it impugns his truthfulness and defames his character john says that he that believeth not god hath made him a liar it seems to me that hardly anything could be worse than thus to fasten on god the character of being a liar have you ever thought of this as the result of your doubting i remember seeing once the indignation and sorrow of a mother's heart deeply stirred by a little doubting on the part of one of her children she had brought two little girls to my house to leave them while she did some errands one of them with the happy confidence of childhood abandoned herself to all the pleasures she could find in my nursery and she sang and played until her mother's return the other one with the wretched caution and mistrust of maturity sat down alone in a corner to wonder first whether her mother would remember to come back for her and to fear she would be forgotten and then to imagine her mother would be glad of the chance to get rid of her anyhow because she was such a naughty girl and ended with working herself up into a perfect frenzy of despair the look on that mother's face when upon her return the weeping little girl told what was the matter with her i shall not easily forget grief wounded love indignation and pity all strove together for mastery and the mother hardly knew who was most at fault herself or the child that such doubts should be possible perhaps such doubts might be possible with an earthly mother but never never with god and a hundred times in my life since has that scene come up before me with deepest teaching and has compelled me peremptorily to refuse admittance to the doubts about my heavenly father's love and care and remembrance of me that have clamored at the door of my heart for entrance doubting is i am convinced to many people a real luxury and to deny themselves this luxury would be the hardest piece of self-denial they have ever known it is a luxury which like the indulgence in some other luxuries brings very sorrowful results 
and perhaps looking at the sadness and misery it has brought into your own christian experience you may be inclined to say alas it is no luxury to me but only a fearful trial but pause for a moment try giving it up and you will soon find out whether it is a luxury or not do not your doubts come trooping into your door like a company of sympathizing friends who appreciate your hard case and have come to condole with you and is it no luxury to sit down with them and entertain them and listen to their arguments and join in with their condolences would it be no self-denial to turn resolutely from them and refuse to hear a word they have to say if you do not know try it and see have you never tasted the luxury of indulging in hard thoughts against those who have as you think injured you have you never known what a positive fascination it is to brood over their unkindness and to pry into their malice and to imagine all sorts of wrong and uncomfortable things about them it has made you wretched of course but it has been a fascinating sort of wretchedness that you cannot easily give up just like this is the luxury of doubting things have gone wrong with you in your experience dispensations have been mysterious temptations have been peculiar your case has seemed different from others what more natural than to conclude that for some reason god has forsaken you and does not love you and is indifferent to your welfare how irresistible is the conviction that you are too wicked for him to care for or too difficult for him to manage you do not mean to blame him or accuse him of injustice for you feel that his indifference and rejection of you are because of your unworthiness fully deserved and this very subterfuge leaves you at liberty under the guise of a just and true appreciation of your own shortcomings to indulge in your dishonorable doubts although you think it is yourself you are doubting you are really doubting the lord and are indulging in as hard and wrong thoughts of him as ever you did of a human enemy for he declares that he came to save not the righteous but sinners in your very sinfulness and unworthiness instead of being a reason why he should not love you and care for you are really your chiefest claim upon his love and his care as well might be the poor little lamb that has wandered from the flock and got lost in the wilderness say i am lost and therefore the shepherd cannot love me nor care for me nor remember me he only loves and cares for the lambs that never wander as well might the ill man say i am ill and therefore the doctor will not come to see me nor give me any medicine he only cares for and visits well people jesus says they that are whole need not a physician but they that are sick and again he says what man of you having a hundred sheep if he loses one of them doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it any thoughts of him therefore that are different from this which he himself has said are hard thoughts and to indulge in them is far worse than to indulge hard thoughts of any earthly friend or foe from beginning to end of your christian life it is always sinful to indulge in doubts doubts and discouragements are all from an evil source and are always untrue a direct and emphatic denial is the only way to meet them this brings me to the practical part of the whole subject as to how to get deliverance from this fatal habit my answer would be that the deliverance from this must be by the same means as the deliverance from any other sin it is to be found in christ and in him only you must hand your doubting over to him as you have learned to hand your other temptations you must do it with just what you do with your temper or your pride that is you must give it up to the lord i believe myself the only effectual remedy is to take a pledge against it as you would urge a drunkard to do against drink trusting in the lord alone to keep you steadfast like any other sin the stronghold is in the will and the will or purpose to doubt 
must be surrendered exactly as you surrender the will or purpose to yield to any other temptation god always takes possession of a surrendered will and if we come to the point of saying that we will not doubt and surrender this central fortress of our nature to him his blessed spirit will begin at once to work in us all the good pleasure of his will and we shall find ourselves kept from doubting by his mighty and overcoming power the trouble is that in this matter of doubting the christian does not always make a full surrender but is apt to reserve a little secret liberty to doubt looking upon it as being sometimes a necessity i do not want to doubt any more we will say or i hope i shall not but it is hard to come to the point of saying i will not doubt again and no surrender is effectual until it reaches the point of saying i will not the liberty to doubt must be given up forever and we must consent to a continuous life of inevitable trust it is often necessary i think to make a definite transaction of this surrender of doubting and come to a point about it i believe it is quite as necessary in the case of a doubter as in the case of a drunkard it will not do to give it up by degrees the total abstinence principle is the only effectual one here then the surrender once made we must rest absolutely upon the lord for deliverance in each time of temptation the moment the assault comes we must lift up the shield of faith against it we must hand the very first suggestion of doubt over to the lord and must let him manage it we must refuse to entertain the doubt a single moment let it come over so plausibly or under whatever guise of humility we must simply say i dare not doubt i must trust god is my father and he does love me jesus saves me he saves me now those three little words repeated over and over jesus saves me jesus saves me will put to flight the greatest army of doubts that ever assaulted any soul i have tried it times without number and have never known it to fail do not stop to argue out the matter with yourself or with your doubts pay no attention to them whatever but treat them with the utmost contempt shut your door in their very face and emphatically deny every word they say to you bring up some it is written and hurl it after them look right at jesus and tell him that you do trust him and that you intend to go on trusting him then let the doubts clamor as they may they cannot hurt you if you will not let them in i know it will look to you sometimes as though you were shutting your door against your best friends and your hearts will long after your doubts more than ever the israelites longed after the flesh-pots of egypt but deny yourself take up your cross in this matter and quietly but firmly refuse ever to listen to a single word often it has happened to me to find on awakening in the morning a perfect army of doubts clamoring at my door for admittance nothing has seemed real nothing has seemed true and least of all has it seemed possible that i miserable wretched i could be the object of the lord's love care or notice if i only had been at liberty to let these doubts in and invite them to take seats and make themselves at home what a luxury i should many times have felt it to be but years ago i made a pledge against doubting and i would as soon think of violating my pledge against intoxicating liquor as of violating this one i have never dared to admit the first doubt at such times therefore i have been compelled to lift up the shield of faith the moment i have become conscious of these suggestions of doubt and handing the whole army over to the lord to conquer i have begun to assert over and over my faith in him in the simple words god is my father i am his forgiven child he does love me jesus saves me jesus saves me now the victory has always been complete the enemy has come in like a flood but the spirit of the lord has lifted up a standard against him 
and my doubts have been put to flight, and I have been able to join in the song of Moses and the children of Israel, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. Dear doubting souls, go and do likewise, and a similar victory shall be yours. You may think, perhaps, that doubts are a necessity in your case, owing to the peculiarity of your temperament. But I assure you, most emphatically, that this is not so. You are no more under a necessity to be doubtful as to your relationships to your Heavenly Father, than you are to be doubtful as to your relationships to your earthly father. In both cases the thing you must depend on is their word, not your feelings, and no earthly father has ever declared him or manifested his fatherhood one thousandth part as unmistakably or as lovingly as your heavenly father has declared and manifested his. If you would not make God a liar, therefore, you must make your believing as inevitable and necessary a thing as your obedience. You would obey God, I believe, even though you should die in the act. Believe him also, even though the effort to believe should cost you your life. The conflict may be very severe, and may seem at times unendurable, but let your unchanging declaration be from henceforth, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. When doubts come, meet them, not with their arguments, but with assertions of faith. All doubts are an attack of the enemy. The Holy Spirit never suggests them, never. He is the comforter, not the accuser, and he never shows us our need without at the same time revealing the divine supply. Do not give heed to your doubts, therefore, for a moment. Turn from them with horror, as you would from blasphemy, for they are blasphemy. You cannot perhaps hinder the suggestions of doubt from coming to you, any more than you can hinder the boys in the street from swearing as you go by, and consequently you are not sinning in the one case any more than in the other. But just as you can refuse to listen to the boys or join in their oaths, so can you also refuse to listen to the doubts or join in with them. They are not your doubts until you consent to them and adopt them as true. When they come, you must at once turn from them as you would from swearing. Often a very good practical way of getting rid of them is to go at once and confess your faith in the strongest language possible, somewhere or to someone. If you cannot do this by word of mouth, write it in a letter, or repeat it over and over in your heart to the Lord. As you lay down this book, therefore, take up your pen and write out your determination never to doubt again. Make it a real transaction between your soul and the Lord. Give up your liberty to doubt forever. Put your will in this matter over on the Lord's side, and trust Him to keep you from falling. Tell Him all about your utter weakness, and your long-encouraged habits of doubt, and how helpless you are before it, and commit the whole battle to Him. Tell Him you will not doubt again, putting forth all your willpower on His side, and against His enemy and yours, and then henceforth keep your face steadfastly looking unto Jesus away from yourself and away from your doubts, holding fast the profession of your faith without wavering, because he is faithful who hath promised. Rely on his faithfulness, not on your own. You have committed the keeping of your soul to him as unto a faithful creator. You must never again admit the possibility of his being unfaithful. Believe he is faithful not because you feel it or see it, but because he says he is. Believe it whether you feel it or not. Believe it even when it seems to you that you are believing something that is absolutely untrue. Believe it actively, and believe it persistently. Cultivate a continuous habit of believing, and never let your faith waver for any seeming, however plausible it may be. The result will be that sooner or later you will come to know that it is true, and all doubts will vanish in the blaze of the glory of the absolute faithfulness of God. It is an explorable rule in the spiritual life 
that according to our faith it is to be unto us and of course this rule must work both ways and therefore we may fairly expect that it will be also unto us according to our doubts doubts and discouragements are i believe inlets by which evil enters while faith is an impregnable wall against all evil dear doubting souls my heart yearns over you with a tender sympathy i know your sincerity and your earnestness in your struggles after an abiding experience of peace with god through the lord jesus christ and i know also how effectually your fatal habit of doubting has held you back i would that my words might open your eyes to see the deliverance that lies at your very door try my plan i beseech of you and see if it will not be true that according to your faith it shall inevitably be unto you end of chapter nine recording by greg giordano newport ritchie florida